Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Hey, real quick, before we get started with today's episode, if you want to reach out to me, I am at Stelzner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool tool that is a Chrome browser plugin that's going to help you with your productivity, whether you're using it for social media sites or not. So what does it do? Well, it's called deprocrastination. And what it does is it will turn your browser into a productivity machine. What it will do is you will be able to, for set amounts of time, type in blocked sites or sites that you just want to say, hey, how many times am I hitting this site throughout my day? So it's one part time tracking, which is super important, and one part blocker if you need it to be that. All in all, it's going to give you greater awareness of how often you're going to, for example, Twitter, Messenger, Instagram, Facebook, and other, you know, maybe some of those news sites that you just go down the rabbit trail on. So how does it work? So how it works is one, you install it first, and then what you do is you go in and you can create certain blocked sites that you don't want to be able to go to at all for Mm. a certain amount of time, and then you set your timer for, you know, however many, half half hour time, uh, an hour, and then you start that timer. And then while that timer is going, you then can't go to those sites. You can type it in, type in facebook.com. When you land there, it's not going to bring it up. Hmm. So it will block you from going there. So and it's not going to keep so you from ever going there. Is the idea like, I, I got to get heads down for two hours to get some work that, done? You turn this thing on? That's exactly right. Yes, Got it. that's exactly right. So then using this in company with, say, another, you know, focus music app of choice, right. that would then be doubly productive. So perfect. Then on the flip side, or in addition to, I should say, it will then also take a tally of how many times you either attempted to go to or while you were not blocking it actually went to, like, say you went to Facebook.com. You know, oh, my gosh, I went to Facebook 57 times today. What the crap like that's kind of like what screen time does on the iphone isn't it yes yes so this is going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people i think fascinating i was surprised fascinating (laughs) myself so so what is this plugin i'm assuming it's free it is free there's some upgrades available if you want to do it what that will do it will actually give you visualizations of what days 
and what times on those days you were the most heavily into certain focus zones or on certain apps. So you can say, oh my gosh, well, look at Thursday. I was on Facebook for like three hours. How'd that happen? And it will show you on the calendar. It's scary. Now, stuff, a lot of man. people are like, well, actually that's my job. <laughs> no, I know. I know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving that caveat to all of us social media marketers out there right. that, you know, it's not always, always wasted time when we throw around these yeah. social media sites, but yeah, pick your poison. Like there might be some other site that you should not be on. And you're suddenly like, whoa, look, I was there for an hour right. on like, Tuesday. Like YouTube perhaps. Yes. So, Although again, that's yep. productive for some of us social media marketers. Potentially. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Where do we find this thing? So it's very cool. All you need to do to go check this out and install it if you wish is deprocrastination.co. That's D-E procrastination.co. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now on to today's episode. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Well, this week I am coming to you with a special guest known as me. Now, this is not a podcast I was planning on Recording, just a little bit of the backstory, Social Media Examiner turned 10 years old on October 12th, and a couple of months back, I asked on Facebook, what should I talk about because we're turning 10 in a special episode of my 10-year podcast? And a lot of people came up with a lot of creative ideas, and then I finally said, you know what? I'm just not going to do this. I don't like to come on and talk about myself and my achievements, so I just ixnade the whole idea of doing a 10-year special podcast episode. And then something interesting happened. I was supposed to uh, interview one of my guests. He lives up in the mountains. He couldn't get good internet connection. And we had to postpone that interview. And we're in a unique predicament where I had to come up with a podcast guest. And I didn't have a lot of time to do it. So I finally said, okay, I'm going to do a special episode. So that brings us to today. Here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about how to become indispensable, said another way, how to become very important to other people. And I'm going to share the story of Social Media Examiner and my story. And along the way, I hope that you will pick up some tidbits that will help you model some of the things in your business. And with that, let's get started. So a little bit of my backstory. Before I started Social Media Examiner, I was a writer. 
And I wrote a book. I spoke a lot. I had a lot of very big name clients that you would know. And I made a lot of money. I had achieved fame and fortune, but it was a rat race and it frankly didn't fill me up. I didn't get a lot of joy in it. I had been doing it for a long, long time and I felt like I needed something different. Then in 2008, someone asked me if I was on Facebook and I said to that person, wait, isn't that just for college kids? And I realized it wasn't and I then dove in feet first. I opened up my personal Facebook account, started looking at all the friends that were in my network that were already on Facebook. And I started like studying them and trying to understand what they were doing and tried to wrap my head around this thing called Facebook. And then an opportunity popped into my head. And the opportunity was to start an experiment. Now, a little side note on the concept of an experiment. I've since learned that all new opportunities or ventures or future companies that you're thinking about starting are best positioned in your head and amongst your colleagues and friends as experiments. Why? Because an experiment might fail and that's okay. Because when you do an experiment, it's just a test. And if it doesn't work, then you try another experiment. And if it does work, then you can decide to continue with that particular experiment. And that was really a good way for me to mentally frame what I was about to do in light of all the success that I already achieved because I was about to go down a totally different path. Now, prior to doing this experiment, I was front and center in everything that I did. I had started a blog called Michael Stelzner's Writing White Papers. I had written a book on the very same topic. I became kind of the expert, quote unquote, in this space that I was known for. And with this new experiment, I was going to be the puppet master behind the scenes. I was not going to be front and center. I was definitely going to be a player, but I was not going to be the player. It wasn't going to be all about me. Now, later, I would be told by my peers that I made a mistake and that my personal brand was suffering because I did not put myself up front and center. And you'll learn how I handled that a little bit later. But I frankly did not care because I was building something that was much bigger than just me. I would later read Seth Godin's book called Lynchpin and realize what I'd done. Here's what Seth said, quote, if you are deliberately trying to create a future that feels safe, you will willfully ignore the future that is likely. If you're trying to play it safe, there's a good chance you may not get where you want to go. That's what Seth Godin is saying here. Another quote from his book. The only way to get what you're worth is to stand out, to exert emotional labor, and to be seen as indispensable, and to produce interactions that organizations and people care deeply about. So what Seth is saying here is, you want to stand out, figure out how to be indispensable in such a way that people and companies care deeply about whatever it is that you're doing. Now, I had no idea that 10 years after starting this experiment, more than 85 million people would have read what I was about to create, or that there would be more than 20 million downloads on a weekly podcast that I would create. Hint, you're listening to it. So this is the story of what I did, and it's my hope that you draw some inspiration and some lessons from this story for your future 
whatever it is you choose to do. The experiment that would become Social Media Examiner officially began on October 12th, 2009, but we have to roll the clock back to March 2009 to kind of talk about the work that led up to the inevitable launch for Social Media Examiner. So if we go back to March of 2009, I released something called the Social Media Marketing Industry Report. I had surveyed 900 people, mostly people that were in my white paper audience. And I'd also leveraged some of my friends who had social audiences and asked them to share uh, the link to a survey. And the output of that survey was a 26-page report called the Social Media Marketing Industry Report. And it went completely viral. It didn't even live on Social Media Examiner, of course, because there was no Social Media Examiner. Everybody was talking about it, hundreds of comments. And many people said, quote unquote, for the first time, this is the first time I've ever heard anyone refer to us as, quote, the social media marketing industry, unquote. No one had used those four words together, social media marketing industry. People loved the phrase and they began to say to themselves, yeah, we're an industry. And that report became a catalyst for an online event that I would launch in May of 2009 called The Social Media Success Summit. And the theme, if you can imagine this, was a person on a horse racing across the wild, wild west and kind of a desert motif. And it was going to be an online event. And I recruited some people that you're going to be familiar with to speak. Gary Vaynerchuk, Mari Smith, Jason Alba, who was a big deal in LinkedIn back then, Ann Hanley from Marketing Profs, Brian Clark from Copyblogger, Chris Garrett, who uh, co-authored a book with Darren Rouse called ProBlogger, and Denise Wakeman. And I had really leveraged all of my relationships. I was decently well-known in the blogging community by Brian Clark and Chris Garrett. Ann Hanley knew who I was because I'd spoken on white papers at her events. Mari Smith, I had met at a local event in San Diego when I was first learning about social media and Denise introduced me to Mari and Mari introduced me to this guy called Gary Vaynerchuk, who was known as the wine library TV guy back in the day. And Jason, I can't remember exactly how I met Jason, but I remember he was in town for an event and I went down to the hotel he was at and we hung out and just talked for a couple of hours. So I had recruited who I thought was the leading experts at the time to do this online event. And a little side story for Gary. Mari told me Gary Vaynerchuk was a really big deal back then. And Gary told me, hey, my wife is about to have a baby. I can't do the event. And I said, well, what if I move the event? And he said, that can work. So I moved the event early. And even back then, Gary preferred to be interviewed, not to prepare a presentation. So I actually interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk in 2009, all about social. I should try to dig that up because that would be a fascinating conversation. So... We did this event, Social Media Success Summit. It was a huge success. It was the biggest launch that I'd ever done in anything ever. Prior to that, everything I'd done was about writing and copywriting. And by the end of May, I knew that I was onto something. And in July, I was able to secure the domain socialmediaexaminer.com. And honestly, I freaked out thinking the San Francisco examiner was going to come after me. So I trademarked it early. You know, I just assumed they owned the name examiner. Luckily, nothing ever happened. And uh, I remember having a dinner sometime in the summer of 09 
with Mari Smith, Denise Wakeman, and one of the ladies that worked for me back in the day. Her name was Irene O'Leary. And um, while at dinner, we were celebrating the success of this online event that we'd all done. And I'd incentivized Mari and Denise to be part of this. And we were just all having a grand time. And I threw across the table, what do you think about starting a multi-author blog? I don't even know if I had secured the socialmediaexaminer.com domain yet. And honestly, the reaction from everyone at the table was, eh, does the world need another blog? I mean, it was, <laughs> it really was the reaction. And I kind of tabled the idea. I wasn't really sure, you know, what was going to happen. And along the way, I had met other people in the blogging space. And as a result of some of the work that I had been doing with this industry report, I was able to land some major speaking gigs at marketing events, in particular, two marketing events. One of them was Blog World, and the other one was Marketing Profs B2B Summit. And they were both within a couple of days of each other. So I went back to Mari and Denise, and I'd also looped in Chris Garrett on, on this as well. And I'd said, hey, let's start this blog and let's use it to promote the next social media success summit. And I gave them a juicy incentive to be part of this. I said, look, what I'd like you all to do is just write one blog post a month and I will write one a week and we'll use this to kind of help promote our next event, which was going to be in the spring of 2010. And they said yes. And the thing really was motivated by the fact that I was going to be speaking at these two events. And I thought to myself, all right, if I'm going to go to these two events and they both wanted me to speak on the industry data that I had done, how I did the survey, what the results of the survey were, what all the marketing elements of it were. And I thought to myself, if I'm going to be there in front of a captive audience, we should launch this thing literally within days of me arriving or days before. And so that's what we did. We rushed to get this thing launched on October 12th, 2009. And while I was at this event, I decided to bring a camera crew with me to one event. And then I went with a little flip camera to the other event, which was the marketing profs event. And Jason Falls, by the way, was instrumental in this. Jason Falls was heading up one of the kind of recruitment of speakers and he helped secure me a speaking slot at that event. And he told me who I needed to interview. He saw, you need to talk to uh, this guy and this guy. And you need to talk to this guy over here named Chris Brogan. You need to interview this guy over here, Steve Rebell. So I went ahead and I came up with questions and I had this gal helping me. She was kind of my assistant. She had just left this company working for this really big guy who you guys know who he is, drawing a blank on what his name is. He's like a motivational speaker. And her name was, was Amy Porterfield. And Amy Porterfield had just left that job and uh, she was working for me temporarily, kind of helping her bridge the gap. And she had done this for, oh, Tony Robbins. That's who it was. She had done this for Tony Robbins and now she was doing it for me. So she helped me put together these questions and I would interview all these people on camera and Amy would kind of just help corral them and bring them to camera. And it was kind of a really fun experience because here I was, this guy walking around with this microphone in hand with this flag on it that said social media examiner. Nobody even knew who social media examiner was. I remember, funny little story, I walked up to a booth and I talked to, the, the company was Technorati and they're not around anymore, but I talked to whoever was working the booth and I said, hi, I'm Michael Stelzner with Social Media Examiner. I would love to interview your, your CEO. 
his name was Richard Chalihandra, and I'm with Social Media Examiner, and she's all, um, Social Media Examiner, hold on a second. She pulled up the website and looked at it, and then she's all, Richard, uh, this is Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner, a very reputable publication. I would love for you to do an interview with him. <laughs> now, you got to understand, we were only days old, but we had built a really nice looking website, and it looked like we'd been around forever. So that was kind of one of the things I had going for me as I looked professional, I was wearing a tie and I think I was wearing a suit. Nobody else was doing that. I later realized the culture and social was very casual, which I love and embrace today. But I interviewed all these people, Scott Monty from Ford Motor Company. And I just asked the most basic questions because I was a rookie and I didn't know, frankly, nobody really knew. Nobody really knew anything back then. So I interviewed these people, captured all these videos and then I went to the next event. And at the next event, I met a guy named Jay Bear. And I met Michael Brito and a couple other people. And Jay came up to me after my session and he said it was one of the best presentations he's ever seen. I don't know if that was him just trying to make me feel good, but I thought that was really cool. And Jay was, funny enough, in a lab code and he was one of a few people who had been selected to kind of lead these table talks at this event where people could just sit down and talk to them and ask them questions. So I sat and I talked and listened. And um, later on, I would say to Jer Jay, and uh, Jay was really a great writer. And I said to Jay, hey, would you be interested in writing for Social Media Examiner? And he said, sure, why not? And I said, I think your stuff is so amazing. I would love to offer you a monthly column. So the very first article that Jay ever wrote for us was in January of 2010. And it was titled 11 Mind-Blowing Reasons your business needs Facebook. And this is back when there was only 350 million people on Facebook, <laughs> which sounds like a lot. And that was only 100 million in America, but and it is a lot, but it was very small compared to what it is today. So let's kind of break down what I did. I realized that I was going to be getting these speaking gigs. I accelerated the desire to get that website launched. And then I went out there and I interviewed a lot of these speakers who were already on stage. I'd known they'd already prepared a message. It was very easy for me to just wait for them patiently, pull them to the side and do a little on-camera interview with them because I was the only person at the event that even had a camera guy with me, a legit camera guy. And then I slowly released this content over time. Now, you're going to learn a little bit why I did all this, and I'm going to get to it in just a minute, but this is a key part of my strategy. Just a quick aside, for many of these people, I was the very first person who had ever interviewed anyone, any of them on camera. They'd never had the opportunity to have what felt like a television kind of experience before. And they were very excited about the opportunity. They didn't take it lightly. As a matter of fact, many of them would end up linking to it or embedding it on their website for years to come because they were proud at how professional they looked. What I had tapped into is I knew what these experts wanted and what they wanted was exposure. They wanted to be in front of an audience that could assist them in whatever their goals were. And I also knew what my audience marketers wanted. They wanted knowledge. They wanted to understand more about this crazy world that they were about to enter into. And I essentially brought it all together. I coupled the experts and the marketers together and it was a win-win for everyone. And what I was able to do is get a lot of these people who were either pivoting in their career, like Gary Vaynerchuk, who was clearly pivoting out of wine 
and into something bigger. And I was able to get them to agree to teach what they've learned in these online conferences that would eventually fuel and fund all of what we were doing on Social Media Examiner. And really, all they really were was a webinar series. And also, because I was a blogger before I started Social Media Examiner, I was able to tap into a lot of my blogging friends and ask them to come write for the movement. And it really was a movement because there was nothing for sale in the beginning. It was really no ads, no commercials, nothing for sale at all. While in the back of my mind, yes, this was going to be used to sell something. None of that was there uh, when we launched Social Media Examiner. I'd reached out to friends like Casey Hibbert, who wrote the book on case studies, who I had kind of advised to kind of go into that space. And she agreed to write case studies for quite a long time. Success stories, if you will, on people that were doing great things inside of the social media world. And it helped her get a little bit more well-known. It allowed her to share stories of other people and the amazing things that they were doing. So by the end of the first full year that we had launched Social Media Examiner, we had launched research studies like the industry report. We were publishing articles every single day. We were releasing weekly video interviews that I captured while I was at conferences. And we were also doing online training virtually three different times in a year. For example, we would have a Facebook summit. We would have a social media summit and maybe even a copywriting summit because I still had a little bit of that writer inside of me. So in that first year, we actually had more than a million people read our blog. And almost all the traffic back then came from social sharing. It was people tweeting it. I mean, it was almost all Twitter and a little bit of Facebook. And after that first year, I realized that people were really digging what we were creating. And I knew that what someone had told me earlier, which was, hey, it's a mistake to have your brand not be your name. Nobody knows who you are, Mike. And it's true. Nobody knew who I was. They knew who Social Media Examiner was, but they had no clue who I was. So I, I knew I needed to do something dramatic. And that's when I decided to write my second book. So David Mervyn Scott ended up introducing me to his contact inside of John Wiley and Sons. And I ended up doing a book deal with Wiley. And I wrote my second book called Launch. And in the process of writing that book, I really had to wrap my brain around how I had successfully done this twice because two different industries in the, the white paper industry and in the social media marketing industry, I had become the person or I had developed the brand, if you will, that everyone looked to. And as I spent a lot of time working on that book, I realized that I'd come up with a concept which I call the elevation principle. And what I had done was a very simple formula, which I'll explain to you right now. Great content plus other people minus marketing messages equals growth. And the idea here is that great content is today, of course, whatever. It's this podcast, it's an article, it's video. Content people want to consume, right? The other people, the plus other people means doing it in collaboration or with people that are outside of yourself. And that's kind of the key to what I did with Social Media Examiner and even with my other business. The idea here is that great content without other people is only going to go so far. But great content with other people 
you know, imagine the relationships that you could build and imagine if those people eventually become the undisputed kings and queens of the world that you're in and all the great stuff that you can do collaboratively with all those other people. That's what I did is I helped these people get a bigger platform. I helped these people get exposure. And as a result, great stuff happened. So great content plus other people minus marketing messages. Now, this was the part that was hard for people to understand, especially marketers. When I started Social Media Examiner, there was no marketing message anywhere on the website. And I describe the marketing message as kind of like the flaps on an airplane when you come in for a landing. When those flaps go up, you slow down a lot and you cannot go as fast. But when those flaps are down, which means no marketing, you can accelerate your growth quite a bit because people will see your content as content instead of seeing it as marketing. And that's the last thing you want anyone to do. You don't want them to look at your content and say, this is someone trying to sell me something. Instead, you want them to look at your content and say, this is so good. I want to consume it. I want to share it. And the sharing component was so essential and still is so essential. So great content plus other people minus marketing messages equal growth. That's the concept that I talked about in my second book launch. And that is the concept that has helped accelerate the growth of Social Media Examiner. So here we are a couple years in and I finally decided, all right, writing alone is not going to be enough. And I knew I needed to try something completely different. I had noticed a lot of my friends now, and they weren't my friends back then, but a lot of people that I respected, people like Pat Flynn and Cliff Ravenscraft, they were crushing it with podcasts. I had met both of them at different events. Well, actually, I had met them both at NMX slash Blog World, but different versions of the event. And I went to Cliff and I said, Cliff, I want to be your best student. And this was when Cliff was doing private one-on-one coaching and consulting. So I hired Cliff. He was known then as the podcast answer man. And I'm now in a mastermind, by the way, with Cliff and Pat, and I've been for years and they're very close friends. But I hired Cliff to teach me how to do a podcast. And I started a podcast called the Social Media Marketing Podcast. Now, I had known that one of my special skills was interviewing people. Why? Because when I used to be a writer, I would interview engineers and all sorts of people. And I was pretty good at extracting knowledge from people's minds and asking them questions that got them to open up. And I'd done it on camera for Social Media Examiner for many, many years. And I thought to myself, this podcasting thing, it seems to be finally really kind of blowing up because I'd heard about it. I'd tried it before in my other business, but it just never really went anywhere. So he taught me how to do podcasting, launched the very first episode in, I think, September 12th of 2012. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, Mari Smith was probably one of my first guests, if not my very first guest. Now at this point, I had become very good friends with Mari And I developed a lot of relationships with a lot of people over the years. I've gone to a lot of events. I've had a lot of these people speak at my online event. And I just thought to myself, I want to try this new thing called podcasting. Tried it and it really took off pretty quickly. Now I'm going to tell you, I was very strategic. Again, when I launched the podcast, I was just as strategic as I was when I launched Social Media Examiner because I had something up my sleeve. I'll give you a hint. The name, Social Media Marketing, 
there's something else that I do that happens to have that first three letters in its name. And it's Social Media Marketing World. And I knew that I was going to launch a physical event for the very first time. I'll tell you a little bit more about that backstory later. But I knew I needed something powerful to increase the likelihood that I could get people to that event. So I launched the podcast and I specifically interviewed people that I knew would likely be speaking at that event. And I encouraged all of my email subscribers to check out the podcast and subscribe and to listen to me interview these experts, the very experts that they would be seeing in person if they came to Social Media Marketing World. And I did it every single week. And again, it was an experiment. I didn't know if it was going to work. I was kind of convinced it could work because I'd seen what it had done for Pat Flynn with this Smart Passive Income podcast. And the podcast turned out to be a much bigger thing than I ever expected. You know, in my mind, it was going to be kind of just a thing to promote the conference. Kind of in the same way in my mind, Social Media Examiner was going to be a thing to promote the online summits. Because my philosophy was that I didn't want to have to pay Google or Facebook to get in front of an audience. I wanted to be like a media company. I wanted to own my own audience. I wanted to nurture and develop an audience that I could ultimately decide to market to. And that was kind of one of the key premises to everything that I was doing, which is like, why go to another media entity when you can become the media entity? And at this point, I had a pretty powerful written media entity, but I didn't tap the audio entity yet until I started the podcast. Thing took off. It was huge. Then when I started going to events, everybody, instead of saying, I love your blog, they were saying, I love your podcast. Love your podcast. Love, love, love your podcast is what I would hear. Then in 2013, in the spring of 2013, I expanded into physical events. So we decided to take the online, offline, and I'll tell you where I got my inspiration. It was a year earlier. I was in Cleveland. I was at Joe Polizzi's Content Marketing World. I had persuaded Joe Polizzi to put me on the keynote stage with Brian Clark and for us to do it together and for us to talk about blogging because that's content marketing. And I was pretty well known as a content guy because of my white paper industry experience and Brian Clark was pretty well known. So he and I were together on the keynote stage at the very first content marketing world. And I'll never forget seeing Joe Polizzi wander by with not a care in the world, no stress at all. And I said to him, Joe, why are you not freaking out? You're putting on this huge event with like 400 people and you don't seem to have a care in the world. And he said, oh, Mike, did you know there are professionals who can help you put on the operations side of this and handle all the details? I'm like, wow, are you kidding me? And of course, I started taking pictures. I started thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to do an event. I think I'm going to do an event. I think I'm going to do an event. It wasn't until I saw it that I realized I could ever do something like this. So that's when I later started the podcast and ultimately started the conference. I ended up hiring some people locally to help me build social media marketing world. And it was a huge success. We had 1,100 people there in the very first year, which exceeded all of our expectations. And we had just the most glorious time ever. It was in a hotel in San Diego. And now, funny enough, we're about to do our eighth year. (laughs) We're a much bigger event now. And in 2019, we had 4,700 people, I think, come to Social Media Marketing World. So it's just been kind of a crazy ride to see how big that physical conference thing had become. And it's kind of funny how it had become full circle because it was me going to events 
that built the connections that allowed me to get the video interviews and allowed me to get the people to speak at my events and allowed me to get the people on my podcast. It was that event experience that was the catalyst to ultimately me developing a media company and actually my own very successful event, an event that's so big that it would fuel and fund most of everything that we would do. It's kind of crazy to think that 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 would happen. So the next leg on the stool, if you will, after the podcast was the physical public speaking. So at this point, I had a blog, a podcast, both popular, and a physical event that was perhaps one of the bigger marketing events that had ever launched in its very first year that was an independent event, not funded by this monster corporation, right? Because we're not big. Then I had a distraction. I thought to myself, all right, since you've done this twice, why not do it a third time? So I decided to, on the stage at Social Media Marketing World, show a little video and launch yet another initiative, which had nothing to do with social media. And it was called MyKidsAdventures.com. And it was based on a simple premise that we live in a digital age where kids are distracted and us parents don't have a lot of time, yet we know we want to do fun activities with our kids in our home, in our backyard, and in the great outdoors. And the goal was to have them be, whenever possible, non-digital fun things to do with our kids because I sensed that digital addiction was a huge problem. That project lasted for a year. I invested hundreds of thousands of dollars, $300,000 into it to be precise, hired some full-time people, and shut it down a year later. Realized it was a monster distraction and that I really needed to stay focused on what I was best at, which was this marketing thing. Learned a lot along the way. As a matter of fact, mykidsadventures.com is still live. And a lot of the activities, because they are non-digital, are just as valuable today as they were back then in 2013. So check it out if you are a busy parent who wants to do fun things with your kids or who feels kind of like disconnected from your kids because they're so addicted and we don't have a lot of time. Maybe that'd be something cool for you to check out. Before I continue on with the rest of the story, just a couple of quick things I want to draw your attention to. In order to really be perceived as super important or indispensable to any particular audience, you need to constantly keep showing up. And that was something we did at Social Media Examiner. We made sure no matter what, every single week, there was always this podcast available to you. We made sure no matter what, every single day, there was always an article available to those that wanted to read. And I think that was the key not just the quantity, but keeping the quality and the quantity going at the exact same time. That's really important. And then the other side of it is what kind of content is it? So in our case, we knew that we wanted to make content that empowered marketers to be better at their job. Remember how crazy it was around this time, right? Because we're in 2013 right now. This is the explosion of innovation on all the social platforms. This is new platforms coming out of the woodwork. There is just constant stuff going on right now and constant change. And our job was to make sure we were there. We Internally, we refer to ourselves as the trail guides of the ever-changing social media jungle. So you're in your Jeep and we're telling you, don't go down that path, go down this path or stop here and check this out. So that's kind of what we are and what we're all about. And that's what allowed us to become so valuable and so indispensable to so many different people over the years. So if you just think about yourself and your business, are you creating content that does not have a commercial, 
that is super valuable and is not, you know, overtly promotional. And if you are doing that for your audience, you know, are you getting feedback from them? That's encouraging feedback that tells you you're heading in the right direction. If you are, then you are becoming indispensable to people. And you know you're ultimately indispensable if you ever want to run an experiment when you decide to go dark for a week and people start freaking out and start emailing you and contacting you. Of course, we would never do that, but that's a way of knowing. All right, let's get back to the story. Up until this point, we had gotten really good at doing audio content and really good at doing written content and really good at doing physical events, or at least we started to get pretty good at it because it's still 2013. But what we weren't so good at was video. We had done a little bit of video and it was pretty good, but it was not at this point, you know, as normal as it was in the past. Because in the beginning, when we started Social Media Examiner, we had lots of video because I was going to lots of events. But right around 2013, we just didn't do it as much. And so fast forward to about 2015, the opportunity arises for us to do something completely different in video. And it arose in some technology known as Blab. Now, some of you are like, what the heck is Blab? And others of you are like, oh, I miss Blab. (laughs) Blab was a technology slash platform that allowed you to get up to four people, Brady Bunch style, if you will, live talking to each other. And you could have an audience chatting over in the side while you were doing a show. And a lot of people got started in live video because of Blab. It wasn't because of Meerkat, it wasn't because of Facebook Live, and it wasn't because of all these other platforms that came out. It really was Blab because it gave people an opportunity to do what they'd previously been doing with Google Hangouts on air and nobody was watching. And with Blab, it was super engaging, super easy, super fun. And that Blab show that we started in 2015 was yet another quote-unquote experiment. We didn't know what would become of it, but it was just fun. And we would get people like Joel Kahn on our show and we would talk about whatever the hottest new tech was. And then by about 2017, we decided to take that show. And by the way, that show eventually went from one platform to another platform to another platform because technology was just going out of business faster than you could possibly imagine. So in our case, it started with Blab and now it's hosted on Crowdcast. And we still have that show today and it's now called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. And it's been going on ever since 2015, but it officially started as a podcast in 2017. So in 2017, we took the recordings of that live show and we started our second podcast. And we have a decent number of people, about 5,000 people a week that listen to that podcast and a hundred or so people, depending on the week, that show up to the live taping of that podcast. And eventually that you know, in the beginning was simulcast on every conceivable platform there was. And now we just have it recorded on Crowdcast and released in a podcast every Saturday. Fast forward also in 2017 and late 2017, we decided to try something completely different. We started something called The Journey. And some of you are like, oh, The Journey, that was so cool. Oh, I missed The Journey because that <laughs> that's a series that uh, was a docu-series, an actual real documentary where we had Mitch from our team literally filming stuff happening in the office in preparation for social media marketing world. And then we we would sew it and edit it down into a single episode. And we would do, I don't know, 20 episodes in the series. We did the series for two seasons. It was outrageously difficult to do because 
anybody who's ever done documentaries knows that when you're recording a live documentary and you're trying to find the story, and by the way, I have new appreciation for people that do these reality shows like uh, Survivor. I actually had a chance to meet with one of the co-executive producers of Survivor to kind of get a little behind the scenes on how we did it. And that's a fascinating story. But I have a lot of appreciation for that because they don't know what the story is when they're filming. You know, they they just kind of have to find the story. And that's exactly what we did with our docuseries, which you can find on our YouTube channel. And that was a, it was a great run. It was a lot of fun. It showed the good, the bad, and the ugly of everything going on inside a social media examiner. And, you know, when we went from the live show, and I was originally the host of the live show, and then Eric Fisher took that over, and then the docu-series, we really were dipping our toes into video. And we were trying live video, produced video, and it was definitely getting people to know us and like us and trust us better. And that was something. And by the way, the series, The Journey, was about social media marketing world. And the goal was that if people watched how we marketed social media marketing world and began to understand that we're just like them and we make mistakes and we struggle, the hope was that they'll say like, these marketers are just like me. I want to go to social media marketing world. And indeed that did happen. I would go to lots of other events and people would be like, hey, are you filming the journey? (laughs) Because a lot of people watched it. You know, the, the actual numbers, you know, anywhere from as little as 1,500 views per episode up to 27,000 views per episode, depending on what the episode was. And it was not easy to get people to watch the entire series. I mean, that's part of the reason we canceled it. So then in 2019, we decided to go all in on YouTube. And this is at a level we've never done before. And the reason we've decided to do it is because after doing a lot of experimentation on native video on all the platforms, we began to realize that YouTube has the biggest opportunity for us. People that are on YouTube watch videos much longer than they do on any other platforms. And the goal of trying to establish a loyal base of people that learn by watching video is kind of the new horizon that we're trying to tackle. Because at this point, we've captured the readers, we've captured the listeners, that's you guys, but we really haven't captured the watchers because there are some people that learn by watching. So what we decided to do was put together a plan and produce two original videos every single week in perpetuity on our channel. Started out as a plan of me interviewing guests, something I was good at. I took Mitch, the guy that works, uh, that's the head of our division that handles all the video. And uh, we went up to a VidCon and I interviewed 11 people. And that was kind of our first wave, going back to kind of what I was good at, interviewing people. The second wave was to bring people in studio, people like Mari Smith, people like Jen Herman, people like Rick Mulready, and many others. Bring them in studio and actually have them record tutorials on specific things around social media that people were interested in learning. We did a lot of research and and that's a new part of our strategy. And now we have finally gotten the video channel pretty strong, the written channel and the audio channel, and of course, the live events. So we're kind of excited now that we've finally gotten this all figured out. And I'm not suggesting to you that you should do all of these different channels, but one of the things that I have learned is people learn differently. Some people like me love to learn by listening. Other people like you might love to learn by reading. And yet other people might love to learn by watching. 
So that's the story that brings us up to the present. Now what I'd like to do is kind of sew it all together and talk about what it means for you. If you want to become important in the minds of other people, you need to create content that they find super, super valuable. Think about the content that you consume that you find exceptionally valuable. What is it about that content? What is it that makes you want to listen, read, or watch that content every time new stuff comes out? How can you apply what you're learning from other people's content into the creation of your own content? Because your real goal here is to become some sort of a media entity, if you will, even if it's just a blogger or just a podcaster or just a YouTuber. And ideally, when you do create content, you figure out a way to do it in collaboration with other people. Why? Because when you work with other people, it accelerates your growth. And fascinatingly enough, when you work with other people, some of their awesome sauce gets rubbed off on you. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, but people impute the wisdom of others on you when you're actually interacting with them. And it's kind of crazy. And the key to working with other people is to make it a win-win. It's got to be good for your audience and it's got to be good for the other person. And if it's not, you got to figure out a way to make it a win for both. And when you do create content, you need to keep the marketing light. The more you market, the less people are going to like it and the less people will find it indispensable. But instead, what they will do is they'll tell their friends about it. They'll tell everyone about it. They'll tell their boss about it. They'll love the work that you're doing. And you know, the key to marketing is to establish that no like, and trust. And if you can get that like to a love and they really know you, when they're ready to buy, it'll be very, very easy for you to sell. So key thing, important content in collaboration with others, keep the marketing light. And you never know, you might just become the most valuable resource in the industry that you're in. And when you have that, you won't have to pay others to be in front of their audience. Just imagine what you could accomplish with that. Was this valuable to you? Do you want to hear more solo episodes from me? If so, would you please let me know? You can tag me on Instagram at Stelzner or DM me, S-T-E-L-Z-N-E-R. Or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com and let me know. And if you want to see the show notes from today's episode, simply go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 377. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week, I promise. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world in a good way. See you next week. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.